0: We don't have any champagne, unfortunately. We are popping the bottle, baby, on this conversation right here on a Friday on the hottest show in the streets, the best form of Alabama football news, notes, and information you are going to find anywhere else in my own words with yours truly, your man, Stephen M. Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. What's popping, people? What's going on? Glad to have you locked onto the show with us. Coming to you from Tuscaloosa, streaming this to you via YouTube, speaking of YouTube. YouTube, smash that subscribe button, hit that thing right now, turn on those notifications as well so that you can have the best in alerts, news, updates, and analysis on your Crimson tie. But I got the straw that stirs the drink, the man working with the steel, the musical steel, musical steel, that being the brother John Ivory in the building, JP, what's up?
1: Man, was had it, man, hey, these topics tonight, I'm ready, man. I'm ready. This show is gonna be live, man. Y'all like the chat up, man? Share, share the show, and let's get it popping.
0: John, i ready to get it doing to do what it do. I'm ready to get it doing as well, and we want you, the Crimson Tide fans, to be a part of the action. You do this by calling two zero five. the number again, 205-448-1358, and one more time, 205-448-1358, to let your voice be heard here on the show, as John mentioned, got a lot to get to on this evening, and we start things off with some updates, ladies and gentlemen, it is is happening the sec and alabama athletic director greg byrne have come to the agreement on june 8th alabama football players nick saban and the rest of the sec will return to their respective campuses on june 8th to start in-person voluntary workouts voluntary activities this is big so coach saban has been ready to get back to work for a minute now he athletic director greg byrne and the rest of the alabama football staff will be back to work on june 8th in-person voluntary workouts voluntary activities the only thing that i want to know with this endeavor is how will the university go about helping the freshman athletes? Because the upperclassmen, the older guys, they're used to the campus, they're used to Tuscaloosa, they're used to the housing administration office, they're used to the cafeteria, the cafeteria and the dining halls. But the freshmen, this is their first time being exposed to these things. So will the university be able to open up some of the housing administration offices and open up some of the uh, some of the dining halls to uh, let limited capacity so that these freshmen can be able to adjust, get around the campus, get around the dorm lot, get around the dining hall. So that'll be something. Will the place be accessible to, to freshmen? But right now, big news, June 8th. Crimson Tide returns to work. Also, Alabama had a funny, interesting PSA commercial this week featuring Nick Saban, Alabama head athletic trainer Jeff Allen, and one big owl. Check out how funny this commercial was.
2: Hey, Big Al. You need to be staying six feet away from me. And haven't I told you you have to wear a mask when you're in this building?
0: I mean, come on, Big Al. We're supposed to be practicing social distancing, which means we have to be six feet away from each other. Don't worry, Big Al. We've all been there before, buddy. Let's go get you a mask.
2: All of us want to make sure we play football this fall. And to make that happen, we must be sure we stay at home if we have symptoms, wash your hands often, follow all social distancing guidelines, and please wear a mask anytime you're around other people.
0: Well, Big Al, such a great sport. I mean, Coach Saban, no one's immune to Coach Sabin's reprimandings, butt chewings, admonishings, and uh, poor Al was... In shock right there, but was able to get his mask thanks to athletic trainer Jeff Allen and Coach Saban. Just trying to make sure everybody's staying healthy, practicing social distancing because we all want to see football this fall. So really cool commercial there from Coach Saban, Jeff Allen, Big Al, and the University of Alabama. But we jump now into topic number one of the conversation. That being one, Charlie Strong, defensive analyst Charlie Strong for the Crimson Tide On the Wednesday show, I brought up Coach Strong in a discussion that I had about Pete Golding. And much like Coach Golding, when he was hired, a lot of people were not all in on the move. A lot of people were not happy about the move of Golding. Not everybody was all in on Charlie Strong as well. Now, you had some Alabama fans that were fist bumping, chest bumping, excited, getting with glee, turned up for the opportunity to have Coach Strong on campus, Coach Strong at the Capstone because they know his motif in uh, strategizing, scheming, putting defenses together, and making defenses feared in college football. But not everybody was behind the move of Charlie Strong. yet had a lot of people going... Why did Nick Saban make this hire? This was terrible. Bad move. Terrible coach. He failed at Texas. He failed at South Florida. The game has changed. The scheme has changed. He's washed up. He's past his prime. People are more focused on offense now. Not so much focuses on defense anymore. Why did Nick Saban make this move? This move is going to set the program back. This move is going to kill, damage, destroy, eradicate the program. That's what you had some folks talking. Now, to me, I'm going to say it like this. Yes, his time at Texas was not great, but let's be honest here. The Texas boosters, the powers that be at the University of Texas were never sold on Charlie Strong. They never bought all into his teachings. They never bought into his tactics. They never bought into what he was trying to do. And when you have the people within the program not bought in, it is going to be hard for you to get anything done. Imagine if Nick Saban did not have everybody bought in in Alabama to him. That would have been very hard on Nick Saban to win. Imagine if if uh you know Dabo Sweeney did not have everybody bought into Clemson, it would be hard on him. Any major college football coach in a premier headline marquee division one program that does not have the help backing them, it would be hard on any of those guys to win and to excel and exceed at the highest level. So Texas was never all the way bought in on Charlie Strong. And then for South Florida. Sometimes you just go to a place that's not the right fit. You can be the right coach. You can have the right scheme. You can have the right ideas. But the place that you go to just is not the right fit. In South Florida, unfortunately, not the right fit for Coach Strong. But, you know, Charlie Strong had an idea to where it was. I can either go to Florida and be a defensive analyst for a team that has not won a national championship since I left after the 2008 season. Or I can go to Alabama under Nick Saban to where this is a program that is always in the conversation for a national title. Even this past year where the tie went 10-2 and did not get into the playoff, you had a lot of people in the college football playoff committee going, you know what? If we put a two-loss Bama in, that would really help our ratings. You know, if we put a two-loss Bama in, even though people would say we're showing partiality, we would really get the bang for our buck if we put Bama in there. Man, if, if we put Bama in this college football playoff, they would make it look like it'll make us look like geniuses. I mean, Nick Saban has never failed us before when we put him in this situation, but. I mean, even though it happened, Alabama more times than not in the conversation for the the college football playoff. And uh, when you look at the, the most interesting thing about Alabama is this right here: Alabama in Alabama is the equivalent of. Uh, the NFL, and by the NFL, I'm referring to the Arizona Cardinals when you look at reviving the careers, reviving the, um, the playing statuses of, of different athletes. For the Cardinals, just put it out there, when players get old or past their prime or in the part of their careers where people say you're done for, retire, we're going to take you out in the pasture like old younger, and just shoot you. Those players go to the Arizona Cardinals. It's just something about that desert air and those cactuses that revive those players. I mean, Carson Palmer, they said Carson Palmer was done, over. He goes to Arizona and has a second life out there. People thought Kurt Warner was done, over. He goes to the Cardinals and leads that team to a Super Bowl appearance. I mean, it, this has happened for him. Older defensive backs, even down to one Kenyon Drake, of whom the Miami Dolphins drafted in the third round of a 2016 venue. The Dolphins didn't know how to use him. They let him go. He goes to the Cardinals. Miami's thinking, oh, he ain't going to do nothing. Oh, he's trash. Kenyon Drake goes to... Arizona, and completely turns up. And people are like, man, if Drizzy Drake would have got to zone a bit faster, how much better he really, really could have been. So in that same light, you look at Alabama. It's the coaches that people tell Nick Saban, don't get them, don't get them, don't get him, no, 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 bad, 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 Nick Saban. Don't do that. You're ruining your career. Those are the exact coaches that Nick says, bring them to me. Bring them over here. I can can change that tire. I can put that oil filter back. I can put that sleek shine back on that car. Bring them to me. And Nick Saban has done it with the best of them. As you see the slide here, Lane Kiffin was the first one. Controversial, crazy, unorthodox. Everybody say no, 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 no. Lane Kiffin comes to Alabama. Guess what he does? Three SEC championships. A national championship, helps get a Heisman Trophy winner in Derrick Henry, helps produce two 3,000-yard passers, Blake Sims, Jacob Coker, helps out the wide receiver room of Amari Cooper and, and Calvin Ridley. did a lot of great things, Lane Kiffin did. Michael Locksley. People said, no, 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 no. He's got off-field issues that happened to him at Maryland. Alabama brings him in. 2016, he was an analyst. 2017, he really helped the wide receivers, helped uh, Calvin Ridley get drafted. He put... Robert Foster and Cam Sims on NFL rosters. He helped the freshman Jerry, Judy, Henry Ruggs the third, and Devontae Smith adjust as freshman. Oh, and let's not forget the 2018 season. I mean, Tua Tonga vailoa exploded under Mike Knoxley and being a 3000 yard quarterback, 43 touchdown passes, 48 total scores, Heisman finalist, consensus all-American. You know the works Mike Knoxley put in the work. Behind him, you've had Dan Enos that was successful. You had Butch Jones that was successful. Mike uh, Mike Stoops who was successful. Even down to guys like Uh, Mel Tucker, who was successful. And even now, Steve Sarkeesian, who is in his second year in being the offensive coordinator. So Saban's coaching rehab has birthed some really, really dynamic guys. And Charlie Strong, the next one here in the the cut riding here. And uh, I mentioned this before some people in life were born to be head coaches they came out the womb with the whistle with the coaching hat with the clipboard and with the ability to delegate you have some people that were not cut out to be head coaches they were cut out to strategize to scheme to put things together those people are known as coordinators offensive and defensive coordinators and then you have some people out there that were just made to be position coaches Uh, For Charlie Strong, Coach Saban is not going to ask him to be the head man for Alabama. Saban's the head man. Charlie Strong is going to be required to get this defense back to being fear, dominant, tough, creative, flying around, knocking guys' heads off. He's he's in charge of getting this Alabama defense back to where people are saying, oh, my God, here come the creatures. The creatures are back. The creatures are in college football. The creatures are scaring people. They're back at Alabama. That will be Charlie Strong's job as well as – dropping some wisdom in the mind of Pete Golding and helping him be all he could be and making that jump from 2019 to this upcoming season and being a refined, big-time defensive coordinator. So, folks, Saban made the right move here in hiring Charlie Strong. He's about to prove, hey, I still got it. 59 years old I'm still a bad man I'm still cocking a fully loaded Pistol of excellence Try me, I still got it So, Charlie Strong Looking forward to seeing what he does here in the upcoming season. That takes us to our first break here on the show, but we're just getting the Maserati revved up and speeding it down the highway going 100 miles an hour. Upon our return to the show, we unpack your phone calls, thoughts, tweets, questions, thoughts, and concerns after this.
1: Sports fan deserves the proper representation. Whitwill Sports introduces to you the title towel. Wave that title towel in the air like you just don't care. In support of Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide, only nine ninety nine, and it lasts a lifetime. Head on over to witwillsports.com and get your title towel today. Alabama.com today and roll
0: tide. Baby, it's Friday. I'm gonna stick to my day job, folks. It is Friday as we have returned from the break on the hottest show on the streets. In my own words, with yours truly, Stephen M. Smith of Touchdown Alabama magazine, Bama Nation. This is your time, your moment. You know what to do. Pick up the phone, baby. 205-448-1358, 205-448-1358 to let your voice be heard on the show. 205-448-1358, phone lines are open. Also, hit that subscribe button right now. Turn on those notifications so that you can have the best analysis on your Crimson Tide. But We go to my man, we go to my brother right here. Waylon already in the queue and charged up on a Friday. Waylon, what's going on, brother? It's TDA. It's Friday going
3: into a Memorial Day weekend. What more do I need to say? What's happening at TDA, Stephen?
0: Doing well, man. You brought up Memorial Day, and you're absolutely right, Waylon. Paying by paying homage to the brave men and women that have fought for this great country, that have put down their lives to make sure our rights, our freedoms, our safety is assured. So, a, a big salute to our, our brave men and women, our brave fighters.
3: Exactly, exactly. I was uh, Looking at the question questionnaire, the... Uh the best team that should have won the uh, championship. What year should it have been? Of course, we all say fifteen, but you got to look back at the 2010 team when we lost three games that year. All the talent we had on that team, mm. we lost. Yes, we we lost composure that year. We had too many too many that wanted to shine instead of letting everybody play as one team. I think. Then we went to Florida and dismantled Michigan State. They looked like Notre Dame when we hit them. They didn't even know what happened, David.
0: I don't think they were even on the field that day, Wayne. I, I don't think I don't think Michigan State showed up. Michigan State did not show up.
3: Alabama. When Alabama stepped on the field that day, that's when the beatdown started. I mean, Michigan State did not know what happened. They didn't know what to do, and that showed me. Probably the the 10 team was the most talented team. Should have been 9, 10, 11, 12. Should have been four championships right there.
0: Should have been four. And and, and and I'll go as far as to say this way. If not for a kick six against Auburn in 2013, uh, uh, a situation in 2014 where Lane Kiffin should have ran the football more with Derrick Henry against Ohio State and the 2017 title game off the 16 season against Clemson, Nick Saban should have eight rings, including a pair of three-peats in two different eras, the BCS and the CFP era. Easily
3: should have had a easily, easily. Yeah. Man. exactly you're exactly right you know uh, he should have had them but well you know we got to Wednesday's show there and that LSU caller called in so that got under my collar a little bit
0: so I mean I, you know uh, I, wait a minute. I had to get him like I I, I was wearing on my clean shark shirt but I had to go hood one time had to get him
3: yeah, uh, when you gotta go hood, you gotta go hood. They have to get Willie to come by and catch that guy and do a drive in or drive by. But uh uh you know, uh, you know, they how long has it been since they have they have beat us in Death Valley? Has it been about nine years? Am I about right? Eight or nine years. It's
0: been train? nine years.
3: Oh my goodness, that's all that needs to be said right there. Nine years. Nine years have passed. So that's what we rolled our little poem about today. We're going to get out of here hoping some more people get in the queue and call, so we hope everybody has a good Memorial Day weekend, and we're going to do our LSU poem, and we're going to start it right now. Roses are red, violets are blues. LSU's national title shall pass, as all things do. The corn dogs are bored and restless. They scream, yell, and squawk. They are just plain mean. When we beat them in death valley this year, they'll bite our bleeping heads off. The LSU fans cried when number four T.J. caught the winning screen pass in 2012 in Death Valley that broke their pride. Lord, please find LSU a vaccination in the form of a pill or shot, because LSU and Auburn were once so sweet and cozy. Now they call our podcast Fighting Like Trump and Pelosi. All right, I'll get out of here, Stephen. y'all have a great Memorial Day weekend, and we'll catch you Monday if you're here. Y'all be safe. Bye-bye.
0: Be good, Joe Wagan. John Ivory, rate that poem by Wagan right now.
1: And that's like a uh, 50
0: out of, out of 10. 50 out of 10? 50 out of 10. 50 out of 10. Then we appreciate Wagan for the call. And you can get in on this too, people. 205-448-1358. Call lines, phone lines open. 205-448-1358. But I'm going to call in to let your voice be heard here on the show, bud. Interesting topic here, people. David Ballou and Dr. Matt Ray, the sports performance team that Alabama has hired from Indiana, these two are not messing around. And uh, I got a chance to talk to a good friend of mine, a very close source of mine. This this guy this guy doesn't miss at all. And uh, guy told me that, you know, one of his friends who owns a gym in Mobile, he was working out the other day and, uh, a young man came into his gym. The young man was Demoy Kennedy, five-star, you know, linebacker, four or five uh, four, linebacker for Alabama, who came into this 2020 signing class. So Kennedy was working out with my buddy's uh, good friend down there in Mobile, and uh, he was doing the workouts that Coach Blue sent him. And uh, Kennedy said out of his own mouth. Dave Blue and Matt Ray are the real deal. Like right? this is unique, this is different. Like they know what they're talking about. And according to my friend here, Scott Cochran had the cookie cutter approach. Everybody did the same thing. Every workout was for everybody, right? This is completely different for these two. They are putting together tailor-made custom workouts. Tailor-made custom, not every position group, not every player has the same workout. This is not a drill. This is for real. So the quarterback workout is not the same as the offensive line workout. The running back workout is not the same as the wide receiver workout. It's not, the tight end workout is different from the rest of the offense perspective. Defensively, it's the same thing. Defensive linemen, linebackers, defensive backs, no position group has the same workout. Each station is tailored to specific bones, joints, ligaments, tendons, They're really doing something. We pick up our next caller, though, in the queue on a Friday. What's going on? You're on In My Own Words.
4: Hey, Steven. What's going on?
0: Man, I cannot complain, man. It is Friday. It is Memorial Day weekend. Huge shout-out to our veterans. They do an outstanding job fighting for this country. But I'm on the show, man, talking to Bama fans. What's going on?
4: Great. Listen, my name name is Luis Garces. I'm calling from Medellin, Colombia, down here in South America. I just want to give a thumbs up to your show, man. I've been hooked on your show for the past couple of months. Uh, You're doing a great job. A lot of fans down here, bro. So uh, you're doing a great job, doing a great work. Appreciate what you're doing. A lot of Bama fans down here. And uh, just watching your show, man, just enjoying and grilling a couple of dogs here and having a couple of beers and having a good time.
0: That's awesome, man. I mean, so, so I mean, how are you feeling about this upcoming season with Bama, man? How are you feeling about it?
4: I'm feeling great. I'm, uh, I'm confident. Uh, I think we're putting a great team together. Uh, hopefully everybody stays healthy. And uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm confident, you know, it's just a matter of keeping everybody healthy, but I'm uh, very positive about it. And again, man, down here, I'm, again, I, maybe you missed where uh, I'm calling from, I'm calling from Medellin, Colombia, down in South America. Like, you're becoming really popular down here, brother. That's all I gotta say, man. Your show is really picking up. Why don't you start getting international calls, man, because you're doing a great job.
0: Well, man, we appreciate say. it, and you keep listening to us, okay?
4: Yeah, absolutely, brother. Yeah, have a good, have a good, day, good
0: man. one man appreciate the call they're coming from columbia from uh, south america there so we're uh we're going international john
4: Hey, we
1: international man
0: we're <laughs> We one, international man. bro. so continue continue with the thought here before we go to our next break here on balu and ray uh these two are not messing around as i've said they're putting together tailor-made workouts these workouts hit these specific bones joints tendons, ligaments of each player. And uh, it's just like when you want to have that perfect pair of tailor-made jeans that fits you and that cuff your body and hug your body correctly, or that perfect tailor-made shirt, That's what Baloo and Ray are doing in terms of the conditioning, the speed training, the strength training of Alabama football. They're getting this stuff down to the exact science. They're getting it down tailor-made. Dr. Ray is trying to have these players faster than the speed of light. It is incredible. But we take another break here on the show don't touch that down folks when we get back we'll touch on Alabama's 2016 defense 2016 team was this the greatest group of players Nick Saban has ever assembled with no ring we'll talk about it after this
1: Alabama.com today.
0: And roll tide. We are back popping with the conversation, folks, on the best form of Crimson Tide football content Content, in my own words with yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Once again, the number, folks, is the call line's open, 205-448-1358. 205-448-1358. But now, the conversation we've all been waiting for. Alabama's 2018, 2016, excuse me, defense. Alabama's 2016 football team was this the greatest team Nick Saban has ever assembled with no national championship? And uh, this one right here, I partially blame myself because um, I should have been. I was supposed to have been at the 2017 national championship game off the 16 season. I ended up having car issues, could not make it down there for TDA, and I I was watching the game at a friend's house. We all saw the highs and the lows of of what happened, but it is what it is still, though partially blame myself, just just due to Alabama's had some great teams of the Nick Saban area. It's had some great national championship teams. 2009 was a great team. 2011 was a great team. 2012 was solid. 2015 was dynamic. 2017 was even good. But that 2016 team, it just hit different. It was a unique bunch. It was an incredible cast of characters. It is rare when you have a team, especially a defense, when everybody knows their role and everybody executed their role to perfection. Everybody on that defense knew their role, and everybody on that defense executed that role to perfection. I mean, if you're seeing the slide here that we're about to show on screen, I mean, I mean my goodness, of these players that are coming up, my goodness, the creatures Alabama had, when you talk, Jonathan Allen, Reuben Foster, Tim Williams – Ryan Anderson, Dalvin Tomlinson, Deron Payne, Minka Fitzpatrick. Dear God, the creatures Alabama had on that football team. Whew. I mean, all that was missing was Eddie Jackson and Sean Deion Hamilton. And, and I'll get into that in a minute. as my reasons as to why this team should have won a ring and did not win one but— The creatures on that team, unbelievable. And I I went to every game except one. I was on the road for every game except one. And that 2016 team, that was like going on tour with the Jackson 5, for real. That 2016 team was the equivalent of watching Bon Jovi, U2, Nirvana, Pearl Jam, ACDC in their prime. That 2016 team, and it was opposition couldn't stop them. The Ops could not stop that team. That defense was so good, uh, the defense was scoring just as much as the offense was scoring. In at least nine games, in nine of 15 games, the defense registered touchdowns. In nine of 15. I, I, I just personally remember the USC game, Marlon Humphrey picked six. The Western Western Kentucky game, Eddie Jackson picked six. The Ole Miss game, you had Deron Payne recovering a fumble for a touchdown. And then also, big boy Jonathan Allen recovers a Chad Kelly fumble and rumbles and bumbles 75 yards to the house. And then, you know, the Tennessee game – was a pick six for Ronnie Harrison. The Kentucky game, Ronnie Harrison scored. The Arkansas game, my goodness, I felt so bad for Austin Allen. He got picked off three times by Mika Fitzpatrick. I mean, saw him a three piece to the dome with no fries and no drink, and took a pick six back 100 yards for a touchdown. And then Tim Williams scored against Arkansas. The Florida game, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick scored in the SEC championship. Uh, The college football playoff Chick-fil-A game, uh, Ryan Anderson, the angry man, picked off Jake Brown and scored. I mean, it was pick your poison. Whoever wanted to score on that defense, they all scored. And according to the slide you're about to see right now, Alabama's defense 2016 just dominated. Mad college football in points per game allowed 13. Was second in college football in yards per game allowed 261.8. Led the league in rush yards allowed 64. Was ninth in college football in passer rating and giving up a pass efficiency rating of 106.5. Was third in college football in turnover margin plus 18. I mean, was third in. Uh, Third down efficiency defense, 30.7%, was first in touchdown scoring 11, was first in sacks with 54. This defense was all over the field, people, all over the field. Can't can't touch that all all over the field. And and then when you look at just the guys that got drafted off that defense, Alabama five first-rounders, Jonathan Allen win the first round. Deron Payne first round. Reuben Foster first round. Mika Fitzpatrick first round. Marlon Humphrey first round. It had 21 players off that team that got drafted. 21! And uh, I'm about to dive into out. The painful reason why Alabama did not win a ring with that football team. So, reason number one, people. If only. If only Nick Saban and Lane Kiffin. Would have just squashed the beef and settled their differences. I, 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 you, you can respect somebody without liking them. Nick Saban respected Lane Kiffin, didn't like him. Lane Kiffin respected Nick Saban, didn't like him. Nick Saban was one of those coaches that he would throw the headset at you. He would throw the clipboard down. He would get in your face. He would give you the famous, infamous butt chewings, and he would want you just to sit there and take it. Lane Kiffin, I'm sorry, was not that type of cat. He was not going to sit there and take it. He was a free spirit. He was his own guy. He would pop the mouth off back at Nick Saban. He would throw gestures at Nick Saban. And I guess that's the, the reason why fans loved Kiffin was. Kiffin wasn't taking no mess, but if these two would have set aside their differences for the betterment of the team, the betterment of the defense, and most importantly, the betterment of Jalen Hurts, that team would have won a championship because I don't care how many people say, well, Steve Sarkeesian was in was, was a part of that program, well, Steve Sarkeesian was breaking down film, or well, Steve Sarkeesian was putting strategies together. Sarkeesian knew what to do. Sarkeesian was a premature baby in that moment, y'all. People, Sarkisian was not supposed to be out there. Sarkisian got on that field, and it was, uh uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. He wasn't ready. Sark wasn't ready. He was still mentally getting over the pain, the physical, mental, emotional pain that he went through being fired it Was being fired from Washington, being fired from USC because of alcohol and drugs. When he got to Alabama in what, twenty sixteen, it was Sark's first time actually breathing a sigh of fresh air and trying to get back into just enjoying football. He wasn't ready for that moment. You saw it when Bo Scarborough went down Sark became a deer in headlights. Brother wasn't ready, man. And for Kiffin, if this was Kiffin in that situation, he would have had a backup plan. He would have had a plan B, he would have had a solution. But it is what it is. They couldn't get over the beef. Uh, second reason as to why, you know, Alabama did not get that ring in 2016 if Bo Scarborough did not get hurt. Bo was Kevin Clemson. All Alabama was running that first half was stretch play to the right, stretch play to the left, dive play up the middle. Bow was getting chunk yards. I mean, man, but and and Bow Bow Bo didn't have no Bow didn't have no hurdle. He didn't have no jump cut. He didn't have no spin move. He had one speed, just run through every freaking body, just plow through every freaking body. That was Bow. And he did that, and Alabama jumped out to a 14-0 lead, and fans are going, "Oh man, this is this is gonna be light work. Oh man, Bo came to play. Oh man, this ain't gonna be nothing. We gonna run through Clemson. That's what Bama fans were thinking about. We gonna run through Clemson, and then Bo gets hurt, and all the air goes out of the sail. I mean, for me, I'm wondering why was not why was Damian Harris not used? I mean, he was only just a 1,000 yard back. Why was Josh Jacobs not used? I mean, all he did that freshman year was pick up 567 yards rushing on 85 carries and what five darn touchdowns. Why was Josh Jacobs not used? I don't know. Why did Alabama not get the ball more to OJ Howard? I mean, he only burned the Clemson Tigers in the in the first national championship sh- showdown. Why was Alabama not throwing the ball more to our Darius Stewart? Why was Alabama not utilizing Gary Dieter more? I mean, come on. I don't know what the issue was. I don't know what the problem was. I mean, that day I was just drinking some cream soda with my boy L. Boogie. I was probably needing to drink some Heineken because that right there, man, man. So, Bo Scarborough, if he didn't get hurt, would have been a different story. Last but not least, if Bama would have had— Sean Deion Hamilton and Eddie Jackson. Sean Deion Hamilton and Eddie Jackson. Sean Deion got hurt, hurt his knee against Florida in the SEC title game that year. Eddie Jackson grew some leg injury against Texas A&M during the regular season. If we would have had both of those guys, if we would have had just one of them, if Bam would have had just one of them, Bama would have beaten Clemson. If Bama would have had just one of them, because if Bama would have had Eddie Jackson, it would have put Minka Fitzpatrick on Hunter Infro. That would have been a much better matchup. No offense to Tony Brown. No offense to TB. No offense to the intimidating silverback gorilla. But his role was the intimidation factor. He took off his shirt, and he would walk through opposing teams' uh, practices, warm-ups, trying to intimidate folks. That was Tony Brown. He was not the pure coverage defensive back taking on a crafty route runner in Hunter Renfro. If Bama would have had Sean Deion, eddie jackson or at least one of the two it would have been a completely different outcome but that team was incredible y'all that, that team was unbelievably incredible and i got a chance to watch every single game i was at every single game except one every game except one but it was it, it, it was awesome that and i know the 2011 team is gonna hate me for saying this because i love the 2011 team But the 2016 team, bar none, period, the best defensive team Coach Saban ever assembled, period. And probably one of the best defenses in Alabama football history. But we take another break here on In My Own Works. Don't touch that dial, folks. When we get back, as I catch my breath, we will dive back into more of your phone calls, tweets, text messages, thoughts, questions, and concerns after this.
1: Men's Wear in the University Mall in Tuscaloosa. Alabama.com
0: today and roll tide. All right, Bama fans, back in from the break. It is your time once again. 205 448 1358. And I'm going to call in to let your voice be heard. Phone lines open, been open since 6 p.m. 205 448 1358 to get your opinion on the show. And we go to the call on queue right now. You're inside in my own words. What's going on tonight?
3: Yeah, hey Stephen, hey, how you doing,
0: man? I cannot complain, man. It's Memorial Day weekend. Big shout out to our veterans fighting for this great country. How are you?
3: Outstanding, man. Hey, I was I was uh see if you heard anything uh about Bama offering this kid out of El Paso, uh, Tavares Jones this week. He's uh, out of the class of 2020. And what you know about him? He's a hell of an athlete. But I wasn't sure if you knew how they what they're actually recruiting him as.
0: I, ha- I haven't seen anything on Alabama going after him as of just yet now. More so than me, I believe our scouting and recruiting analyst, Justin Smith, who is on the ground covering uh, all things recruiting, I be- I definitely believe he would know. I just have not seen it, but if, if Alabama is going after the young man, Justin Smith, our-, our recruiting guy, definitely would know.
3: Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate it, man. I, I appreciate the time.
0: Absolutely, man. Keep listening to us. Enjoy your weekend. All right. Good, call. Good call there trying to figure out young man from El Paso, Texas. Alabama trying to recruit off that 2020 class. We, we will definitely get that to Justin to see if he has the information on that. But another topic here, folks. I, I did a poll the other day. Did an interesting poll on the, on the uh, In My Own Words Twitter account. And the poll was... You know which Alabama player would be the offensive MVP in the upcoming season, and I believe the answer choices I put down was Mac Jones, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, and Najee Harris. And I believe the winner of this poll, with 39% of the vote, happened to be Jalen Waddle. Was it 39% of the vote, John? Th- okay, 37% of the vote was Jalen Waddle to be. Alabama's offensive MVP, according to the poll that you guys graciously took part in. And we appreciate that on the In My Own Words TDA Twitter account. And uh, Jalen Waddle has the potential to be the the offensive MVP. I I really like Waddle. Now, as opposed to what our caller on Wednesday, Jay Wells of Louisiana, thought about, you know, we don't respect Waddle. He ain't no big time receiver or nothing like that. But uh, I remember a Jalen Waddle that as a freshman had 848 receiving yards. I remember a Jalen Waddle as a sophomore who had 560 receiving yards. I remember a Jalen Waddle that can do some big time things. We got another caller here in the queue. What's on your mind tonight? Yeah, once you
2: talk about all of the players that Alabama keep getting hurt. I, I can honestly say that I feel Alabama lost two national championships because of injuries. So I'm excited in this up. Yeah, true. Two,
0: most definitely, two. You know, I mean, okay. So Alabama twenty twenty seventeen twenty sixteen, it lost Eddie Jackson and Sean Dion Hamilton. That hurt. the the twenty the uh, fit the twenty uh, seventeen team that ended up winning a national championship had injuries as well. So. 16 16 injuries hurt it uh, the 2014 team had some injuries that hurt the 2013 team had a couple so and, and this is the reason why coach Saban has went on the route he's went on is as much as he appreciates and he values Scott Cochran, and he does he can't help but to notice how our guys are having ligament stretched too thin tendons pop knees Injured feet, injured legs, injured. We got to get to the bottom of that situation. So, as much as he enjoyed Cochran, he respected Cochran. Saban also knew we got to put an end to, or we got to decrease these injuries. And the best way to decrease that, we got to take a more side. We got to take a better approach to this thing.
2: Even with Tua, I just feel like, you know, I wasn't in the training room, but the injuries that he sustained. It was like one after another, and if True. you kept Tua healthy in this last season, I guarantee you they would have been playing for the national uh, college football championship. But well, it's not just even yeah. that—just trying to keep our quarterback healthy—it's
0: it, just really just it's, it's discouraging. And, and not only just that—you got to think about this: if Tua would have stayed healthy in 2018, uh, we're looking at an Alabama team that you know beats Clemson in that championship matchup.
2: Most definitely. Most
0: definitely. So, uh, right. and, and like I said, that that goes back to as much as Coch- as much as Cochran did here, and he did a lot. And I'm not saying he did do a lot. It's Coach Saban has the hindsight, but 2020 hindsight, to understand the game is changing all around me, and part of the game that's changing is the conditioning, the training, the fitness part of the game, and we have to get people in here. That understand that and can take it to a direct science. And this is the reason why I'm excited for the team of Baloo and Ray, because this is not some cookie cutter deal. Like they are tailor making workouts to fit every single player. No workout is not the same. So they're directing the needs of every guy in every different position. And Steven, I want you to do me one
2: more favor before I get off the line with you. I want you to do a show with all of the four- and five-star players that came to Alabama, then left in the transfer portal. I would love to see what happened to these players, where they're at now, if they're getting drafted in the pros, Because Alabama is the elite program. So I I never understood why you would get accepted by an elite program going to a transfer portal and then we never hear from you again. So I would love for
0: you to do a show on that. You know what? John, put that on the poll, John. For, my, uh, for Monday's show, we're doing all the guys from Alabama that went in the transfer portal and were tracking what they did. We are going to take that idea, sir. We appreciate that. Keep no listening problem. to the show, man. I appreciate man. you. All right, then. Peace. Definitely had that idea there on the paper. Uh, guys that left the University of Alabama, went in the transfer portal, tracking down what they did what they accomplished if they accomplished anything so definitely putting that there on the docket for monday but continuing the topic here of the poll idea yeah i remember Jalen waddle that had 848 receiving yards as a freshman and was the uh, sec freshman of the year i remember Jalen waddle that in 20- and last year had 560 receiving yards big time production so coach so Mac Jones is already building the chemistry or already has the chemistry with him and this is somebody that can be or that is electrifying in returning kicks should have a whole lot more kick return touchdowns than what he has right now but unfortunately those block in the backs Alabama got to get better than the, gotta get better with that should have a whole lot more punt return touchdowns but those block in the backs again got to get better with that but appreciate you guys for checking out that poll of offensive MVP for Alabama this season. We also have a poll on the touchdown on the uh, at, on the uh, at in my own words Twitter side, the defensive MVP. So go ahead and get your vote on on the defensive MVP in terms of the Crimson Tide. We take another break here on the show. When we get back we dive into one Shane Lee. How effective can he be in the upcoming season at linebacker? We'll touch it down after this.
1: alabama.com today and
0: roll tide all right folks in my own words with yours truly stephen smith of touchdown alabama magazine hottest show on the streets back in here from the break and we get into one shane lee the sophomore linebacker from the crimson Tide out of the maryland area this past season he had a good year the the four-star 86 tackles on the season, second on the team behind Xavier McKinney. He was first among SEC freshman defenders. Six-and-a-half tackles for loss, four-and-a-half sacks, three quarterback hurries, two forced fumbles, and one interception lead through those 13 games in 2019 this was somebody that was uh, named a freshman all-american according to football writers association of america and espn he was also named to the freshman the all the the freshman all sec team excuse me by the league's coaches so if you look at things just from uh, the statistical realm uh, shane lee had a great year He had a big year. He filled out the stat sheet. He did what he was supposed to do. And mentally, he has what it takes to be an all-SEC, a first-team all-SEC caliber player. Coach Saban refers to him as a very conscientious guy. He wants to do the right thing. He's all about doing the right thing. And that's what you want. But the issue for Lee this past season and uh, the reason why some people sort of – Trying to write him off at that linebacker spot is not having the speed that he needs to have. And the young man at six feet, two hundred forty-six pounds, he—he's uh, he, cut up. He, he's got—I mean, he's swollen now, big dude. But he carried some—he uh, carried some unnecessary weight into last year, and uh, a lot of that weight led to him not being as fast. As he needed to be, especially when you're taking on athletic quarterbacks like John Rice Plumley of Ole Miss, Bo Nix of Auburn, you know players like Kellen Mond of Texas A&M. When you're taking on athletic mobile quarterbacks guys that can get around the end that can attack the perimeter that can juke you out your shoes that that can put on the afterburners and you don't have the speed to take away their angle to cut them off to run them out of bounds to limit their type of rushing production not a good thing there And, and also when you don't have the speed to avoid a oncoming offensive linemen that try to block you or shield you out of the play, that's not you know what you want to have happen there. So for Lee He is in the works of trying to get his weight down, trying to drop some weight to get his footwork there, get his speed there, get his burst there. As you're watching this video here on screen, he's been working out during this time of quarantine, whether it's working out with friends, uh, working out in the pool, doing some running, doing some weight lifting. He's trying to cut down on that added weight, cut down that body fat, keep the muscle, keep the muscle, but cut down. The body fat, and the reason why I bring this up is for you got you have some Bama linebackers in the Nick Saban era that were able to have that weight fully proportioned. At middle linebacker when you look at guys like C.J. Mosley, Rashawn Evans, Ruben Foster, Mac Wilson, and Dylan Moses these are the guys I'm referring to for a lot of the taller guys C.J. Mosley who was 6'2", Rashawn Evans who was 6'3", Mac Wilson who was 6'2", Dylan Moses 6'3", they were able to better proportion that weight right C.J. Mosley 232 pounds was able to fly around side line to side line, lateral quickness, stop the angle, get to the perimeter, make plays, eat up the field, tear the field up because he had that quickness. He had that initial burst. He had, you know, the weight that you know he was able to cut on a dime, pivot on a dime, stop on a dime, read, react, dissect, get to the play. He was able to do that. The same thing with. Rashawn Evans at 234 pounds. The same thing with Mack Wilson at 239 pounds and Dylan Moles at 235 able to have that properly distributed weight throughout the body. Now for Reuben Foster, Reuben played at the same height as Shane Lee at 6 feet. The difference Reuben was flying around the field taking people's heads off, decapitating folks, shutting folks down at 228 pounds. So if Lee can drop about 10 to 15 pounds. If he can get down to between 230 to or to between 230 to 235 with his high at six feet, don't write this young man off. If he can get between 230 and 235, don't write this young man off. Because, like I said, he's got the intellect. He's got the mindset. He knows where to go. He knows how to attack the play. He knows how to get to the play mentally, but it's now his body and his feet going at the same process as his mind, and that's what he's working on right now, and that's the biggest thing of having David Ballou and Dr. Ray in here as well. You know, Coach Ray trying to get these people faster than the speed of light. He put up a graphic on Thursday, about how if he's got these players on this wind, on these wind resistant sprints here, and they're doing this in a two week fashion, four week fashion, six week fashion, eight week fashion, but they're doing this at 5% overspeed, 10% overspeed, 15%, 20 25%. You get the picture here. Dr. Ray wants these players to have that feeling of when they build up that speed at the highest capacity when you start running when you start flying he wants you to feel it when you hit that gear and you know you hit that gear and it's like running on air he wants it to have that effect to where people can't slow you down people can't track you people can't put their hands on you you are flying into the play you are flying down the field you are flying to to make that contact now of course you wanna have that balance to where when you're flying in, you know what you're hitting. You're keeping your head on the swivel on a swivel. You're keeping your eyes up because you definitely wanna know what you are hitting. But at the same time, Coach Ray wants you flying in there, you know, making that play, hitting that speed gear that he wants you to have. So Right now, he and, you know, Coach Ballou, in terms of the strength and the flexibility training, trying to get Shane Lee down to between 230 and 235 pounds because, like I said, this past season, the numbers were there. He, he, he had the numbers, he had the statistics, he had the productivity, and, and this was one of uh, the nation's top inside linebacker prospects when he came to the Crimson Tide in uh, the 2019 class. So the potential for Lee is there to be effective an inside linebacker, at middle linebacker. The mind is there. He's just got to get the body fat down, keep the muscle, and then enhance his legs, enhance his feet, enhance that speed dave blue dr ray can get that done for him uh, lee is going to be something to deal with he ain't gonna be no joke We're gonna be really excited to see you know what he does in the upcoming season don't overlook shane lee but Folks, as always, you want the best in news, notes, information, and coverage on your Alabama Crimson Tide. Well, this is simple and easy to do. You do this by downloading the Touchdown Alabama Magazine app, and you get this from the iPhone App Store if you're rocking Team Apple, Google Play Store if you just so happen to have the Android phone. For those podcast options, we got you covered. iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast.fm, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, or iTunes heart radio if the good and gracious lord sees fit i'll be back on monday continuing the conversation that is crimson tide football but until next time folks husbands appreciate value love those wives wives value those husbands children continue to find those ways legitimately now to not be bored get you those three hearty meals a day those three great laughs a day protect yourself protect the loved ones around you Be good to those veterans. Until next time folks, spin in my own words.